You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, how's it going? I hope the answer is splendid, because I want you to be doing splendid. I feel that's like a term that is underused. Everybody should be doing splendid. I hope you're doing splendid right now at this very moment. I really, truly do. I also want to tell you about Gun Street Wiring Shop. Gun Street Wiring Shop, based out of Bend, Oregon, so they're like semi-sort of local to me, and Sean is fantastic, and he's making a fantastic product with a crazy amount of attention to detail. So if you need a wiring harness for any of your guitars, Gun Street Wiring Shop is the place to go. They they have excellent customer service, like a ton of custom options, and like I said, the attention to detail is crazy. You're like getting a piece of art when you order it. You'll know what I mean. When you get it, it's a whole experience. It's not just getting a product with them. They really pay attention to the whole process and the whole customer experience. So if you are looking to upgrade the wiring in your guitar, maybe you got a little scratchy pot that's been bothering you. Maybe that switch is starting to go out. Hit up Gun Street Wiring Shop and you'll have a completely new customer experience with guitar wiring. Trust me. GunStreetWiringShop.com. Check them out. We also need to talk about those wonderful folks from up north. Well, north to me and most of the U.S. They're not quite out of the U.S. yet, but they're getting close. That said, the wonderful folks from up north, Sinusoid. Everybody plays electric guitar, needs a cable of some sort, and these guys can hook you up with any cable you want. Not only are they going to build you a fantastic custom guitar cable, patch cable, auxiliary cable for your car, like from your phone to your stereo. They got all kinds of cabling options and they can make it look and perform exactly the way you want. Not to mention the hundred year warranty. These boys offer a hundred year warranty on their cables and it's the best in the business. If there's anything wrong, email them. They're going to make it right. It's what they do. They're the sinusoid boys. They're the sinusoidians. I haven't figured out a great term to say yet. I haven't got a fancy catchphrase yet, but I'm working on it. One of these days I'll get it. Maybe. But uh, seriously, hit up Sinusoid for any of your cable needs, and you'll, you'll be very glad you did. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me? Just do it. Sinusoid.com for all your cable needs. Hello everyone, welcome back to the ToneMob.com podcast, a show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have Matt and Carl from Electro Foods Pedals. Hey, how's hey, what's going on, guys? Oh, not much. Yeah. I have a bit of a random question for you. Okay. Uh-oh. You know, like, when this thing kicks off, I don't know, I don't, I've never really asked a guest this before, but it just occurred to me. <laughs> okay, hey, you, you know what, let's be the guinea pigs. Yeah. Yeah, I figured it's like, um, it's like anything else, why not? Um, there's a little countdown as soon as I hit record, it goes ding, 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 and I don't know if you actually see it on your end, or oh, yeah, if, we do. if it's oh, we, just on my end. We do, I wasn't looking, uh, and then I looked up and I was like, oh, two? one and i was oh yeah great no it's it's helpful yeah we hear the dings too okay <laughs> good 
I, that is good. I assumed that was the case, but I've never actually known for sure <laughs> because I've never been a guest on this app. I've only been a host. So I don't really know what the guest email looks like either. I just know, I suppose I could oh. set it up and send it to yeah. myself. It's like but... right in the backseat of your own car. Like you never quite know what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a weird experience when you yeah. finally do. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. If you want us to host next week, we're available. <laughs> I mean, uh, that might be kind of fun, right? Uh, yeah, maybe that would be a good. I don't know. I just made. I just made a joke, but. Well, maybe that maybe that would be a good Patreon episode, like a full meal deal where you guys are just hosting instead. I don't know what that would mean or do. That's any different than what's happening right now. But hey, um, it, I mean, Terry Gross getting interviewed by Mark Marin was pretty amazing. I've never heard that. Oh, wow. That sounds yeah. interesting. I yeah. Listen to it now. Cause she can't stop herself from wanting to ask questions. Right. Mm-hmm. This is Terry gross of fresh air. Cause I'm an NPR nerd. So I've added myself as that already. Uh Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, she can't stop herself from asking questions, but she also seems to be sort of a very private person. And Mark, Mark is, is too slick to let her get away with that. <laughs> so they end up in some really interesting areas that you know there's a lot there's a lot that you have to read between the lines i think but it it is one of the most fun interviews i've ever heard i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to check that out that sounds interesting it was pretty great yeah before we get like too deep into this maybe like what you did off the air you guys can I'm not I don't usually do these two-person interviews ironically i was just editing an episode uh, that I did with some fellows from Strymon, and mm. it was a two-person oh, wow. episode yeah. as well. So um, the two-person angle is a little bit of a new thing um, for me. That's only it's only this is only the third time huh, that that's happened. Oh wow! Well, third time in the remote fashion. I guess probably fourth time altogether. I can't remember. Some listener will correct me. <laughs> here we are. But you guys, uh, maybe you could, uh, you know identify yourselves for the listeners yeah so i this this voice that you're hearing now is matt i'm matt i am the i'm the circuits and artwork guy and i am carl and i am the builder and uh media yeah guy. that sounds right it's mostly instagram <laughs> it is, be honest yeah isn't it that way for everybody? Yeah. Yeah. It's the best platform. Like, if I'm being honest, it really yeah, is. It's it's a lot better than than most of the alternatives. Like, I thought about for it. Like, should we get a Twitter? Or a, and I'm, uh. like, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I can't. I just can't do it. I was. A, I have one, but it's not. Yeah. I don't use it very much. And the, you know, it's pretty obvious yeah. when you slide over there and look at it. Like, hmm. This is not very active. Yeah. If, yeah. if Instagram had event pages, like it would just take over. Yeah. And who's who knows? It might. It might. Yeah. I mean, but it is owned by Facebook. So that I feel like they're trying to keep them very separate in their functionality on purpose. Yeah. And the only good thing for me about Facebook is like the only reason I use it is for the groups. Like, yeah, that's otherwise it's kind of a horrible place. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it, it is. A don't kick. Line. Don't kick me off, Zuck. I still need it. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't right. take me down. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, Mark. Um, but uh, <laughs> before we get I, too I far off the rails. OK, yeah. 
Um, maybe, uh, maybe you guys can take the, uh, the kind of initial question of the, your, what's your musical backstory? How'd it kind of lead to electro foods and, and what you're doing now? And, uh, you can each kind of take that one and run with it however far you need to go. You want to go first? Sure. Um, so for me, uh, I was always into music as like a, a pretty young kid. And my cousin, Travis, was a little bit older than me, and he was always into rock and roll, and I was like, what he was doing, he was cool. You know, he was older and cool <laughs> and a teenager. And so, you know, uh, he'd make mixtapes and stuff, so a lot of, like, classic rock and then, you know, grunge stuff started happening around that time. So I was, I was that kid. And... Uh, he played guitar and I wanted to be like my cousin. So I begged my parents for a while to get me a guitar and they said no. And I kept begging. <laughs> they said no. <laughs> and so my uncle found a guitar someone was throwing out. It was old uh, like acoustic that the bridge had fallen off or whatever. It was one with like a, uh, just a floating bridge. And so he just, put a block of wood in it and carved it in and gave it to me. And I didn't stop playing it and saved up and bought an electric. Uh, and that kind of started the whole, whole thing there. Do you remember what that guitar was? I do. I still have it. It's a, uh, a PV Strat copy. Um, it's the, Predator, I think. Yeah, that's not yeah. It was the it was the Electro Foods test guitar for, yeah, for, you know, a couple of years ago. So like yeah. early on. So and that so also it, was, it lived a good portion of its life over the last few years in my basement. Yeah, and it was the TV first Predator, not bad. Yeah, yeah, first guitar I ever modded as well. I put um, the tuners weren't that great, and so I uh, ended up putting tuners on it. Uh, and uh, that held the tune better. And then I wanted different electronics. So I put, I had a bunch of DiMarzio's, the single coil spaced. I think there's a T-Zone and the PAF Pros in there. Was, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably, oh, I don't know. Yeah, 16 years ago or so. That, yeah, a couple that. days. Yeah, it's yeah. been a day or yeah. two uh skip forward to the new temptations oh um yeah so <laughs> sorry yeah it's, i don't mean to make it super long uh yeah and then i was in that, that was uh one of the first like good bands i would say i was in i was in some punk bands you know in high school and stuff and, and other bands and whatever but... they're, they're, they're great i love this band that yeah i was in back in the day uh we we were together for like a year and um you know, went and recorded uh, at Berkeley in their studio. I got to record a tape, which is something that I might not ever be able to cool. record again. It was, it was it was a pretty awesome experience. So we were there for like two days. And uh, yeah, it was a super fun band. Um, and then we all moved to Philly and then broke up. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I'm sad about it, too, because I would have loved to have seen these guys. Yeah, it was. I mean, Always happened before I even met Carl. Yeah. And then I, I played a, a what was it? What was what band was it? The, the New Temptations. <laughs> oh, the New Temptations. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were thought you were making a joke that I wasn't sure about. No, this no, that's oh, the, no, the name of the band. 
Okay. Nice. Yeah, I like it. Like, it. I mean, it was like early 2000s, like post-hardcore stuff with, with yeah. like weird time signature shifts and like like kind of funeral dinery, if you ever listen to that band. That sounds Which like we never my did. jam. Oh, God, it's so good. This band that is so like good. All kinds of my business. Is there anything available on the interwebs or, or um, otherwise? So... Uh, I think the answer is no. No, I, think I only have it because I know Carl. In in the future, <laughs> so we got it all done. Well, we broke up, and you know, so we got it all done. And uh, my friend, um, because that's what he went to school for. Was like, oh well, like there's some parts in it that he would have liked to have done differently. And I'm like, dude, this is like best sounding recording I've ever had. <laughs> so like, give it to me. I just like call him randomly and text him and email him and be like, hey, send those things and. He eventually stopped replying. And so <laughs> uh, I went to our, our friends, uh, a couple of our friends got married and I ended up at his apartment and I was like, so Ralph, where are those recordings? <laughs> like I'm at your computer. <laughs> Let me find the recordings that are mine. So I don't take something else that you're working on and screw it all up or whatever. Yeah. It was like a hostage situation, man. Almost. That sounds intense. Yeah. yeah. So in, I've been meaning to, and I've had them for a few years now, and it's just been one of those things where it's been in the back of my mind. I need to take them to, to Zach over at Kawari, who did our uh, our pedal demos, which are also not on the web yet, but they will be soon. Yeah. Maybe by the time this airs, that will happen. Um, but yeah, I was in that band. I was in a band in Philly. Uh, uh, now I can't think of the name. This is terrible. It's another TNT. Uh, Touch and Taste. Oh, yeah. And I was in that. Uh, I didn't know which I, band. And I played in a few different other bands briefly, and then um, I met Matt, and we'll, we'll let that story sit for later. <laughs> it's, it's great. And we'll let Matt okay. talk about his history, and I'll stop babbling. All right. So uh, I was a weird, nerdy kid, um, and I was super into music, but I, I never, like, I played trombone in fourth grade for a year. Uh, mm -hmm. And that also happened to be the year I broke my leg and I was trying to haul a trombone around and I was like, oh, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, so I got like just enough of like music theory to kind of know how it worked so that I, so I'm a mechanical engineer. So like, as I learned mechanical engineering, I was able to like sort of integrate that little bit of music knowledge, like music theory knowledge that I had and be like, oh, this is how this stuff works. Um, okay. Interesting. But That's I, an interesting angle. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I, but I didn't, I, I got an acoustic guitar when I was in like 10th grade and I just, I couldn't, couldn't quite make my fingers do it. And I kind of like, I, I haul it around with me and I still have it actually. Um, but I didn't, I didn't start playing guitar regularly until I was about 21, maybe 22. Oh, um, wow. And at that point I kind of already had a band. So, so I, I met, I met an old friend of mine, uh, named Nigel at a poetry reading. So I was a mechanical engineer. I was like super into like performance poetry and the slam poetry scene in, in uh, Northern Delaware. I went to the University of Delaware. Um, so I was on like several national poetry slam teams from Delaware and one from Philly actually later on. Oh yeah. Right. Um, and so like in that, so in that scene, there's like a bunch of artists and musicians and stuff. And so I, I fell in with uh, a, a crew of like, musicians and artists who like were into like super weird like soundscapey stuff and like some of it and so like we, basically we ended up writing 
uh, exquisite corpse poetry where like after these poetry readings, we'd go out to this bar and just like everybody writes a line and you end up with like, and some weird people hanging around, right? So you end up with some weird <laughs> poems. And sometimes like- No way, make, there's weird people in there. Yeah, I know, right? So sometimes we'd make like the waitress write something, you know, and so it would just like, it would just go in all kinds of crazy directions. And at one point, one of these exquisite corpses sort of spontaneously developed two channels in parallel. And okay. my buddy Nigel and I, my buddy Nigel, who had just, who was like in bands, like playing bass since he was like nine or something, like had just gotten his like first like eight track digital recorder. And, you know, and so we're looking at this thing where it's like, you know, the top of the page is a line going all the way across the page. And then the bottom half is like, you know, there's a left column and a right column. And they're sort of meant to be read in parallel because the end of each line rhymes. Okay, I got so they're, you. They're they're meant to be read like over top of each other, and so like Nigel and I are looking at each other like, so we and we had a tradition of like after each poetry reading we'd write these things, and then the next poetry reading like somebody would read it to the whole reading, and so we're like, well, how the heck are we gonna do this? Like, we, you know, we got to get two people, and we're gonna have like practice, and we're like, well, you got this thing, like let's just record it. So we went and, you know, used all his equipment and recorded this thing. And then it was like, well, it kind of needs like a backing track or something. So then we just started making like soundscapes behind this, this like weird, exquisite corpse poetry stuff. And that turned into, uh, it turned into a weird soundscapey recording project called iFanBlades um, that okay, later, nice. as I learned to play guitar, turned into a real band. So that like I had a band before I learned to play guitar and kind of learned to play guitar by being in that band. Um, and so like I bought I bought a I bought a weird sort of Tysco thing off eBay for like a hundred bucks, you know, my senior year of college and and, you know, just started like at that point, it was me and Nigel and I and another another guy in that reading who was like a he was like a crazy punk hippie percussionist guy. If you you probably can imagine that actually, I can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like we we practice in his garage, um, and it, you know it was and Nigel's a bassist, but had mostly decided to play guitar for this. So I was playing guitar through bass amps, which we'll come back into the story later. Um, <clears throat> so I had this I had this weird Tysco that I later found out uh, the neck and body were unrelated. And the and the so the intonation is like always wrong. Perfect. Um, that's, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, uh, exactly. Right. That's the best way to learn. So I started learn. I started learning to play guitar on on that guitar, um, and I played in standard tuning for about one day, and then I was like, "Well, this is this is lame." Yeah. So so then I switched to drop D because I was like, "Well, at least I can play bar chords." Like I'm a terrible guitar player, but at least I can I know what a bar chord is. And then like. You know, I, I came back like a couple days later and I and I was like, I was trying to retune the guitar and I couldn't I could only remember like <laughs> the three lower strings and, and the three upper strings. I couldn't quite remember. And I was like, well, I'll just make them all the same, like seven frets or five frets relationship. And so like within a couple of weeks of starting to learn guitar, I started making up my own tunings. So, oh, OK, now this is getting interesting. <laughs> yeah so i've i did you still, know what did you know what you were tuning to i you didn't just know by tuning? i didn't know by note letter but i knew by note relationship okay 
so I knew I knew that I was all I was doing all fourths and fifths. So it was either power chord or inverted power chord. Right. That uh, sounds like it would be kind of fun, actually. Yeah. Well, it's I, real so, fun. So skipping ahead <laughs> in the story, I still tune in weird tunings with those kinds of relationships to this day. Um. <clears throat> so Nigel and I ended up like having you know pretty much having like a, a band that would actually write songs. We started out just making soundscapes and then it was like almost entirely improv. It was like weird free jazz improv stuff um, that would occasionally have some poetry to it. And some of those sort of started to turn into songs and I got better and able to play more like songish things and actually started writing riffs and stuff. Um, and then eventually we absorbed a drummer. So it was like two guitars. That sounds painful. Yeah, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, the, I mean, the drum kit's got all these weird sharp edges. Yeah, you absorbed takes, him, too. Yeah, it takes a lot of, wow. you know, osmosis. Lot of as well. A lot of osmosis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gotta get those sorry. ion channels pumping. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> so we ended up, so it was, it was two guitars in weird, you know, sort of open chord made-up tunings, uh, a, a weird punk hippie percussionist who literally worked at Goodwill. So his entire kit was like stuff that he'd found at Goodwill. Perfect. Like there, was, there was one show where he played an empty 50 gallon drum with a long handled spade. Okay. <laughs> this sounds like you just had a great time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and, but then we absorbed like an actual drummer uh, absorbed. Um, and he, he was like, I like I knew this kid when he was like 15 and he, you know, like foot high mohawk, like wanted to be in a punk band so freaking bad. And he, and he went to get drum lessons and he went to like crazy old jazz guy for drum lessons. And he was like, I want to play punk rock. And the guy was like, no. And like <laughs> smacked him and was like, no, we're going <laughs> to we're going to learn uh, Count Basie, you know. And so like he, he has all. Of, so he's got all of this like punk drive and punk energy and like has played punk rock for like seven years by the time we pulled him into our band, but also had this like jazz background that was like, you know, that was super interesting and like super, you know, like really, really into the details and into the technique sort of training. Right. Um, so he was like really tech could be really technical. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was the, the four of us for a couple of years um, and wrote, I, you know, some, by the end, some pretty darn good songs and actually, actually released something on vinyl. It's the only thing I've ever, I've ever put the vinyl. That was super, oh, very cool. Yeah. We made a, we made a two song, 12 inch EP. That's made, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty great. And we like screen printed, screen printed the, all the shirts ourselves and like screen printed the record sleeves ourselves and like did, did like the whole freaking thing, like DIY as much as possible. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so, so that band breaks up. Um, I'm in, I'm in another band with Nigel as well, different drummer and a third guitarist. And this third guitarist is like, like went to school for guitar and plays through a Marshall rig. Nigel and I are still <laughs> basically playing through bass amps at this point. Um, by this time I have, I have my 79 PVT 60, which is still like my main guitar. Um, which which at the time was tuned, let's see, C G C F C C sharp, I believe. 
Interesting. All right. Yeah. Or actually, I think in that in that band, it was mostly C F C G uh, C C sharp. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's what we were doing there. Um, so in that in that band, that's the main guitar I was playing. I also have uh, an old Craftsman hollow body, and to this day, I still can't exactly figure out the model. But if you like old K hollow bodies with like like weird pointy almost like novo guitars sort of pick guards yeah um, I, I know the old craftsman stuff i've seen yeah some of those. yeah so i had like a three pickup one of those um and i had that set up for a a e e a a um and i only play with flat wounds so both of those tunings are are in uh theodario chromes <laughs> very very particular tastes yes yes i do that's the other thing about the partnership with, with carl taste. is like carl has much more i would not like still very particular but like knows all of the normal things that guitarists know and that like you know people who have played guitar for a long time know and i'm coming at it from this like totally weird angle and like don't know all those normal things yeah um which is fun I yeah, it's it fun. So a different place. it gets us to a very different place. Yeah, we have very different approaches to a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so that that band uh, with Nigel with three guitars, one with a very normal Marshall rig, and then me and Nigel with like bass rigs. And by that point, Nigel's Nigel was playing a baritone EGC. Um, Ooh, very yeah. nice. Yeah, it's such it's a nice guitar. Jealous. It's yeah. still so, it was the Chessy model as a twenty. Seven baritone, I think. Maybe it was twenty-eight. Nigel's, Nigel's a big guy. He's uh he's like six three and he's got he's got very long arms. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was a twenty-eight, but it looks like a twenty-seven on him. <laughs> um and I, I've played it, it's such a nice guitar. And it it's like Carl and I have a weird particular thing where we both kind of like fat necks. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, you're talking my language. Yeah, and the and like telly guy, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Baseball bat. And, and my my T60 doesn't particularly have a fat neck, but I'm just so comfortable with that guitar, it doesn't matter. But other than that, I prefer a fat a fat neck for the most part. And and Nigel's I almost EGC. bought a T60 like like last year. I because I I oh, really dude. like how they look and they're really cool. Oh, they're, they're so great. cool. Yeah. But I, I I couldn't get on with that neck. The weight was fine. I didn't care about that. Everyone's yeah. Like, they're so heavy. I'm like, whatever, it's fine. But the neck, I couldn't. I couldn't get behind and it bummed me out. Yeah. I'll give you a pro tip. <laughs> give guess, me a pro tip. Guess what neck will fit almost assuredly directly in. Uh, you might have to do a tiny bit of routing. I'm assuming but like a telly neck or something. A telly neck. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A telly neck will fit yeah. right in. I, I had one on my T60 for a brief second. Um, Cause again, I just, you know, I, I love the fat necks and I knew that and I'd known it for a while, but I, I had gotten a, a, an SG special, which also had a, for a, a Gibson SG, a, a pretty fat neck. Um, mm -hmm. and I got a, the neck would, you know, I, I, I picked up whatever was available at the time. I was like, I need to get this now. And like a friend of mine had one and I, I bought it and it was a, the 22 fret. So it had the overhang. So the only thing oh, I right. had to do was cut around the pick guard a little bit um, to, to, so that the uh, the neck would sit down into the body. And it, I mean, the, the screws lined up perfectly. Yeah. Um, so you can, you can make a, you, you can make a warm off neck 
or a tele or just using a tele. Oh yeah, whatever you want. Oh yeah, no, because I put the I did have a baritone uh, neck a tele neck on it as well. For yeah, a, a brief moment as well. So yeah, definitely that would be goes fun. well with the with the tele necks and yeah. uh yeah, that's that's great. Chip Todd yeah. is a uh, Chip Todd is we, the man. we we do love Chip Todd. Yeah, uh, quite a bit. <clears throat> I actually got a chance to talk to that guy. He's the uh, the guy that designed that with uh, Hartley PV and uh, the dude is he's just, such a cool dude. He's so, he's so nice. Yeah, so he's I, such a nice guy. So I've got this the seventy nine T sixty. It's like it it's not like the earliest earliest version of those pickups, but it's still the the toaster model without the blade. Mm -hmm. um, and at one point, the neck pickup died. And I like I'd been on I'd been on like the T sixty Mafia and stuff, so like I knew that like Chip Todd was like always hanging around. So I managed to find his email address and I emailed him. I was like, "Hey, I got this T sixty and neck pickup died." And he's like, "Ah, oh, no worries, I probably got one." Um, let me ask you a couple questions to make sure I give you the right version. And he's like, "Is it the? Does it? You know, can you tell? Does the potting have? Is it like really nice and clean, or does it have like masking tape texture on it?" And I was like, oh, yeah, there is kind of a masking tape. And he's like, oh, yeah. So that's like before we had the molds to like pot the pickups in. So we were just using masking tape to cover the holes. So, yeah, I got one of those in my garage. I'll send it to you for like 50 bucks. I'm just like, nice. Oh, Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, so yeah. So, like, I, I, I think I mailed him a check because, like, you know, he's an old guy, you know. So yeah. I mailed him a check for 50 bucks and he mailed me, like, I, I, as far as I could tell, like, shrink wrapped, never been in a guitar like vintage, like early model T60 pickup for the neck of my T60. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. And that's how I got to talk to him because his computer was broken. And he was like, he saw, saw the email a few weeks ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. It took me so long. Uh, my computer's well, broken. And you Here's were emailing my... him about something else. It was an unrelated conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, yeah. Uh, it was either. I think it was the the other pickup because we were going to get the. Oh, you were trying to mine, track down another set of those pickups for your T sixty. For mine, yeah. And then I ended up talking to him again, uh, trying to figure out. No, I, I was talking to him about the uh, the tuners. I oh, was talking yeah, about yeah. the pickup as well, but I was talking to him about getting tuners <laughs> for my. Uh, Collectively, our memories will get there. My I had a foundation which had the same <laughs> tuners as the uh, as the T forties. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. And he he's was like, oh, you know what I always use? I use the hip shots now. And I was like, dude, I love hip shot. And so I just bought the hip shots instead. Yeah, the uh, hip shots are great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're And they're a great company. Like, you call them up and they, for my baritone, they routed out the, because um, I wanted a, a thicker string on it, and they routed out uh, that for that and sent it to me. No extra charge. It mailed that day. I got it the next day beautiful <laughs> i mean wow. i called yeah. them at like two or three in the afternoon and it was in the mail and i mean they're not that yeah far away from us they're like four hours i think they're outside like ithaca i think something like that yeah up in your old stomping grounds no. mm. close <laughs> mm. Not it sounded like a like I'm, well not i'm gonna quiet. i'm gonna upset carl by saying this phrase but Car carl's from upstate new york uh, western new york <laughs> There's uh, what, anyone who's not from New York City, is that? Uh, well, not in the city, yeah. So anyone who's... I'm sorry, yeah, exactly. I'm just being a <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, no, yeah, it's a whole thing. Perfect. So I, I grew up outside uh, of <laughs> Rochester, and I went to school outside Buffalo. So that's been a long time in, in small college towns. 
and uh, gotcha. yeah. then decided I wanted something different. So I mean, yeah. moved to Philly and haven't looked back. Yeah. Oh, so since oh. we're talking about T60s, we should probably go into the story of how we met. Right. Um, oh, so, yeah. Was that where we were going? I kind I, of derailed yeah, it. By yeah, no, that's okay. actually, we, we yeah. did plenty of derailing ourselves. Uh, yeah, if you get us talking about <laughs> well, I was going to say specifically PV, but just I think that's a big thing because Chip is such a great guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so my now roommate and actually then roommate, we were not roommates for a, a short period of time. Um, Drake, and also the third member of our band. Yeah, who's, who's the bass player in our band now. Um, his old band, uh, Fruit Punch, was having uh, a show um they were playing with a limp wrist yeah um yeah queer core band called fruit punch how great is that yeah it's (laughs) yeah it's perfect yeah it's so good um so yeah they were they were playing and i went to the show because i knew drake right and and i had just moved to the philly or just moved to the philly (laughs) just moved to philly uh and those two previous bands i've been speaking of uh had broken up at that point and I was, I was like, I'd been, you know, I moved to Philly and I was like playing all these riffs in my basement and I'd, I'd even sort of started making pedals and stuff a little bit at that point. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was like, I moved to Philly and I only knew like a couple of people here and my old buddy that I knew from that same poetry reading back in the day in Delaware, uh, Drake was his band's playing the show. So I was like, well, I gotta go to that. So I went and I and I'm walking up and it was it was at the the first Unitarian Church in Philly, which if if you're from anywhere remotely near this neck of the woods, you've probably been to a show there. Yeah. Um. They. I'm not. I am. Yeah, I know. I know that. I know that you're not. Yeah. (laughs) You got to come out, man. Yeah. Let's hang out. Have some cheesesteaks. For sure. We'll play some Mm. guitars. Sounds delicious. (laughs) Yes. And there's a bunch of us here. Yeah, you know, there's a yeah. there's a bunch of pedal cats in Philly. It's true. It's true. Pedal wait, pedal cats. <laughs> this is a new thing. There might be some dogs too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, that's okay. It's easy to do. <laughs> yeah. I, want, I do want to hear this story, but we can talk about cheesesteaks later. That's yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm derailing it. Yeah. Cheesesteaks and cats. Um. So I'm walking up. I'm walking up to the church. Uh. And I see Drake standing out front, like by himself, smoking a cigarette. And and Drake Drake sees me and it's like, the hell are you doing here? It's like I came to see you. What do you think I'm doing here? And he's like, oh, cool. And he's like, you know, so did the whole like, oh, what have you been doing? Because I hadn't seen him in several years at this point. Um, and I was like, well, I just moved to Philly, looking to start a band. And he's like, well, what kind of band do you want to start? And I was like, I don't know, weird, sludgy, like mixing time signatures. And he's like, huh. Have you met my roommate Carl? And I was like, no. And it, so he like walks me like twenty feet over to this guy who's sitting on like the railing, and, and he says to me, Drake says to me, like, tell him what you just told me. And I was like, okay. So I repeated all that stuff, and Carl's like, that's cool. What kind of guitar do you play? And I was like, well, I was like, I, it's a weird old guitar. I play a PVT sixty. And like, no, you didn't say that. You said. I play this weird old PV. You probably haven't heard of it. And I was like, <laughs> try me. Because I worked in a guitar uh, store for four years and I'm a, I'm a big are. gear nerd. And yeah. that's and that's what he said. And I was like, try me. He's like, no, nah, it's from like the 80s. And like, it's weird. You you haven't heard I of said it. I'm pretty sure. sure. Oh, well, yeah. See, we're both forgetting. <laughs> yeah. We're old. 
but yeah, and I was like, that just that. Tell me what is that? You know, I might not. You know, you never know. I don't know yeah. everything. And he was like, oh, I play a PVT sixty, and I was like, oh, cool, me and, too. No, I said PVT sixty mostly through bass amps. Oh yeah, and you said me too, and it was the bass amps part that like really threw me. And I even had a moment where I was like, is this dude making fun of me? <laughs> it was just <laughs> no. too weird. It was just too weird. Um, I just got to say, I don't know. Uh, your, Carl, your impression of Matt, I'm sitting here listening to him. It doesn't sound entirely <laughs> accurate. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah. It really made him sound like kind of a downner. He was just, he was so like, no, he was, but he was just like, oh, you, no, like, let's, we'll we'll, we'll talk about other stuff. Like, you don't have to talk about the specific thing that's so weird you've never heard of. I, like, I, being an engineer, like, I'm, I'm used to, like, I have to stop myself from going into way too much detail on a lot of things for most people. So, like, I, you know, just meeting this person for the first time, I didn't want to just, like, launch into a super detailed explanation. Uh, which apparently I should have. I didn't know at the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. How could you know? Uh, so so we spent like most of the show just hanging out and talking gear and stuff. And yeah. by the end of the following week, it was like 4th of July weekend was like the next week. Um, and so we like, we basically had our first band practice. And it was basically like, like he was roommates with Drake. And so it was like, all right, well, we're going to play in this basement. And Carl's like, if we play enough cool riffs, like Drake will want to come play bass with us. <laughs> <laughs> sure enough like yes. 45 minutes later he's like hey um i don't mean to interrupt you guys but like i have this like line in my head you mind if i like grab a bass and like we're like no no it's cool yeah. you're just all nonchalant like yeah. we didn't kind of almost plan this like right, we exactly. didn't exactly plan it but i i knew it was one of those things and i mean you text me right as i was about to text you it was like hey you still like into this idea of this band and I was like, yes. Yeah. I had my phone up with his number <laughs> about like literally about to text him. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a pretty great story. Yeah. I, I and, and the rest is history. Yeah, pretty um, much. So at, at some point, like I, I was making, I'd sort of been building pedals for myself um, and modern stuff. And, and Carl came to me with uh, a pedal I hadn't heard of the harmonic percolator that he'd always been interested in. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was like the beginning of our three, four year process of developing and perfecting the pig pile. Yeah. That took some. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, that was like, we, we built, oh God, I don't know. We, I don't know, 25, 30, 40 ver- different versions and like tweaking it and like changing stuff. I've got like half a notebook filled with variations on that schematic. Yeah. There's a, that thing's. The basic circuit is not super complicated. It's super weird. Yeah. Uh, but it's not super complicated. But because we don't like to do things easy, um, <laughs> you know, I think one of the first things I said to Matt is like, oh, I've always wanted to do this pedal, but I kind of want to do that thing where like, um, it's, so this pedal is like uh, made famous by Steve Albini. Mm-hmm, of um, course. Like uh, this. Yes. They, yeah. they made a handful of them and they, command super high prices and and, and you know i i i've come to the conclusion that i think the schematic of the originals like changed over the years yeah because you get you get like there's if you try to find an actual legit schematic for this pedal like you can't there's like three or four different versions and like there's like people in the camp of one schematic like no it's like this and there's people in the camp of another schematic like no it's like this and you know because he he 
poured he poured like epoxy over all of them so and like covered up the the transistors and like the parts you can't read any values on it and and so like the couple people who have tried to like chip that stuff away and like read parts end up with different answers yeah so like right. no one knows what a real they, one maybe is. maybe they actually are different too like maybe I, I, they yeah, were no, yeah. I think they are I think that's what I that's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm pretty sure that there is no like you know, like golden, yeah, this is the right schematic because I think it changed like over the years. Yeah. And maybe he just built everyone different. Maybe he was just one of those guys. I or Yeah, he didn't make that many of them. Right. It's entirely no. possible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he wasn't doing full on production runs, but you know, I wanted to have because there's a thing where you turn both all the way up, you get all these crazy almost more seemingly random harmonics start jumping out and i kind of wanted to have that like have it to where i could have a lot of gain and distortion uh happening in in the circuit but not necessarily it be all crazy but i also wanted the ability to turn on that at any point and just make all that stuff happen because that seemed like more fun and then we made it to have a you know, wider range of, uh, of tone and, you know, like more treble and more bass and, you know, yeah. Just... And I, so I was like, at the time I was also, I, I had a black Russian muff for years that I, that I kind of loved and kind of hated. <laughs> like I loved how it sounded when I was playing like, like big chords and stuff. And, but like, and even for like single note lines, like it was okay but I, you just couldn't tame it. It was either like, it was either like all of everything or, or just noise. And there was no, like, there was no middle ground. And it was like, if it was on at all, it was just like noisy screaming. And so like, I tried modding it a bunch and I tried like trying to clean up the power supply and I, and I eventually just kind of scrapped it. And I also like, I, I kept trying to give, I kept trying to get, I, I, people are probably gonna laugh when I say this, I kept trying to get more bass out of a black Russian mob. Oh. <laughs> really? Yeah. Not enough. No, and you're playing yeah. through a bass amp and right. down tuning. You just, yeah. you should have yeah. just been a bassist, I guess. I, well, yeah, <laughs> that might have been true. <laughs> and, and I like, I, I've sort of realized over the years that I do kind of play guitar like a bassist in some ways. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, but I, like I'm more like, I don't in, in even the way I write songs, like I don't write, like or riffs i mean like i don't write riffs really i write melodies that i play as riffs yeah okay and That's so i'm cool. i'm writing like melodic bass lines that that have enough rhythm to them to also be a riff really i guess yeah it's fun i like it <laughs> Car so carl started as the guitarist in this band and is now the drummer yeah so i took a shift yeah you did you took a little side step right yeah yeah a little side yeah. step um, is this the drummer um, that you absorbed coming out of your is this like no 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 i wasn't thing? absorbed so no. basically what ha what <laughs> happened was we, separate person we pulled so when when i met carl and then we you know we tempted drake into the band <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on down we have riffs yeah. down here <laughs> right exactly i'd already it sort of been be. talking to another friend of ours uh who is mainly a bass player but like kind of plays a lot of other stuff um and you know, and I was like, yeah, like we should do something, but it just like hadn't happened yet. And so like when, and, and I was actually like our very first practice, I actually brought a drummer, um, but he was about to move from the Philly area to Brooklyn, to Brooklyn. So like, 
he was like, yeah, this is this band would be really cool, but I can't be in it because I'm moving away. Um, so we were we were sort of in need of a drummer. So I talked to this other friend of ours who mainly plays bass and was like, would you I know you kind of play drums. You want to play drums in this band? Um, and he, you know, he he played drums for a while and it was fine. It was great. Um, but he he just like he picked up more hours at work and just like couldn't practice more than like once in a while. And so we were just like, uh, just like we need to we need to get yeah. together more often. So we, you know, he ended up leaving the band and then Carl shifted over to drums. Uh, and then it was just a three piece and it's been that way since. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, so the story about the black Russian going like three steps back. So yes. I, I'd been, I'd been kind of trying to make, I'd been wanting to make like the thing that replaces the black Russian on my board. And so like when we started messing around with this, the thing that became the pig pile um, with like a harmonic percolator at its core and then a lot of other weird stuff going on, um, I was kind of trying to like mold it into that thing that could be that. And little did I know that that circuit just is never going to do that thing that I needed it to do. Um, it does a lot of other cool stuff, but it doesn't it doesn't do that. So I kept I kept like shoving like more low end and more gain and like putting a you know, putting a JFET uh, booster up front and then like putting, you know, just all kinds of stuff. Like we were adding clipping in ways that aren't normally in percolators. We were adding like extra controls to control things and just, you know, kind of like, and even now the pig pile is still like our um, everything but the kitchen sink pedal. Like it, yeah. there's like, it's the only one of our pedals that has dip switches inside it. <laughs> uh it's it yeah there's just so many so many freaking options on that pedal um and it and it came from trying every idea that we could because it's the thing at its core is so simple and so cool and does this weird thing and but you can take that little nugget and do like a million things with it yeah. and so we tried all of those million things um and i you know it never really it never really did that black russian thing but I really like where it ended up. I just had to yeah, stop. It's a, it's a fun to, pedal. I remember awesome. that one very well. Nice. From, uh, hear the riff. It was uh, very, very interesting to me. Yeah, it does. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And we've like, we've, we've sort of a beat it with other percolator based pedals. Um, like Wooly of champion lucky. He's got one. Um, mm -hmm. John Snyder's EAE. He's got, you know, he's got the, uh, the, uh, dude incredible with the percolator and an IVP. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so like we, we a beat it with like several percolators, like even just at fear the rift, just kind of like, Oh, let me play this thing through this one and then go over to this table and play it through this one. And it, and Woolies kind of has its own thing going on too. Actually, Woolies sounds really good, but they all sound different. And yeah. the, the pig pile sounds like its own thing. And I think some of that may be the fact that we're using, for for both the NPN and the PNP part of the you know the harmonic percolator core, we're using high gain modern silicon transistors instead of like an old silicon NPN and an old germanium PNP. Um, I think, but you know, necessarily ours is just going to sound different probably because of that. In addition to all the other crap we have going on yeah. in that battle, just throw a few more switches into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so did you did you guys start like did you guys obviously you started doing it out of your own need and want to try to chase this particular sound with yeah. the 
black Russian yeah. percolator thingy. Um, but did you start with the intent of like, yeah, we're going to make some of these and sell them? Or was that sort of a... No, I mean, in my mind, not, that came later. Not really. I, like, I just started building pedals because I, I needed... Actually, so like that that second band with Nigel with the three guitar players, like I was playing... I was playing at this incredibly loud that actually I, I still use two ohm cab with like two bass speakers and two guitar speakers. <laughs> um, and so it's like, it's like an old crappy, like piece of crap Behringer 412. Um, and then I, I put, you know, a couple different eminent speakers in it. Um, and it was just so freaking loud and so freaking deep and thumpy. And it, it's weird. Those Behringer cabs are like heavy and they're kind of crappy, but like, they're extra deep for like no reason relative to most 412s. So there's just more airspace in there. So if you put speakers that can like handle low end, like you'll hear it. Um, and so, so I was using that and I was using a PV alpha base head, which I don't know if you're familiar, but if you want a $250, 160 watt six by six L six all tube head. Hmm. And I just might. It, that you just might it that's that. that exists yeah it's the pv alpha base it does two yeah, interesting four, right yeah it does two ohms and four ohms yeah, yeah. and so that's that's part yeah of the and it's got like a thing. it's got like an op amp based graphic eq that you can switch in and out yeah in an otherwise all tube head it's super weird it's, it's a weird like the story that i've heard uh and this may be apocryphal is that it was basically like hartley had a bunch of extra random parts around and decided to like make an amp out of it so they could get rid of the parts. It sounds about right. It, it not, does not. It, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a Harley PV thing for sure. <laughs> but there's such weird parts. Like who has who has output transformers for a six by six L six tube amp that go down to two ohms just laying around? It's probably one of those deals where like because they were you know they were and are a bigger company in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably one of those deals. If if that story is true, who knows? But if it's true, it's probably one of those things where like somebody put in an order with the transformer manufacturer, and the <laughs> wires got crossed somewhere, and then all of a sudden it was like, "Why do we have these? Why do we have these? What what are we gonna do with these?" Yeah, like, I don't know. Throw them in the corner, and then one right, day right. old, old Hartley was strolling down the hall and said, "What's this box of useless transformers?" Yeah, what's this nine thousand pound box of useless transformers? <laughs> I don't know. We've just concocted yeah, I mean, a scene that that I kind of yeah. yeah no, that totally happened. makes sense. It could yeah. totally be that. I hope it, that. Yeah, exactly and I do. I do happened. work at a major electronics company. That that sort of stuff does kind of happen. Yes, um, it does. Yeah, and it's it's also weird because it's a rack mount head. Like right, it's, right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's, I remember these right? now. I've seen these things before. Yeah. 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 And it's got this giant power transformer and this giant output transformer, and they're literally suspended over the PC board inside it. Well, you know, they like to live on the edge over there. Into the enclosure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I've, I've fixed, <laughs> I've fixed mine tw twice and I currently have to fix it again. Um, so we, I, this band that Carl and I and Drake have, we have a history of vibrating things apart. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. 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 When you're playing uh, four bass amps out of. Yeah. Four we have more. We, we have more bass amps than people in this band. Yeah. Um, nice. And the vibrate stuff. Yeah. So it's so the, the deal is that my rig and Drake's rig are both like full range. 
So it, it they're all bass amps, but we're using essentially a guitar cab and a bass cab for both our rigs. Mm -hmm. um, and Drake has uh, a, a GK 800RB and an acoustic 330 mm -hmm. um, and a PV TVX 412 for the GK, which is so it's like a giant ported 412 that weighs a million pounds. It's, yeah, it's made of concrete. We call it Bertha. Yeah, it has a name. <laughs> It's, it, it is the worst cab to transport in the history of the world because it's got those it's got those PV Sheffield speakers in it. Which oh yeah yeah the ten the the base ten because it's what because I have a PV TVX as well in my rig, but it's the ten version, which yeah. is like the common one. Like the the twelves are super rare apparently. So I, I didn't know that when I bought it. Um, but the tens like the speakers blew at one point. And so like I swapped them and like pulling the each speaker, I swear weighs 35 pounds, the tens. And that 412 has four of the 12 version of that speaker in it. And I, I haven't pulled them out. I don't know how much they weigh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're 45 or 50 pounds each. Yeah. Wow. That's a big it's, magnet. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's huge. And it, you can tell though, cause it thumps like nothing else. It, it does sound good. Uh, and every time we play, I hate, I hate <laughs> it as we take it to the show. We play, I'm like, man, that sounds good. And then we leave and I hate it again. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a yeah. lot of hate. It, it is. It is. But on, on the top of Drake's series is an Avatar 412 that also is at two ohms yeah. for the acoustic 330 because that goes down to two ohms. Um, and it's also got two bass speakers and two guitar speakers in it, but I don't recall I don't what, recall. The I think the, the bass speakers are the beta 12A2s, but I don't remember what you put in the guitar side. There's Legend v, V128s in mine. Are they the Cannabis Rexes? I think they're the Cannabis Rexes. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we looked at the Which Cannabis Which is what, majors, I, what I wish but... that I had put in mine. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that, uh, that white Avatar cab of Drake sounds freaking fantastic. That does sound good. Yeah. I can't even imagine how how loud this is. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's loud. It's pretty loud. Yeah. I play oh, yeah. And so seventeen my... inch hi hats <laughs> in this band. So if if anyone you know listeners, I know it's a lot of guitar. Yeah. So so rotor style. Like so Jason yeah, rotor style from from neurosis or and now he plays in sleep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I it I just had to I just had to keep on getting bigger and bigger stuff so it would be loud enough. Because I'm competing with like close to a thousand watts of of full and full range too, so it's like lots of bass, lots of mids, and lots of treble. So it's you know for me to cut through, you know there. I remember like early on there there are shows I'd play and people were like I could hear like the cymbals and your snare. Oh yeah, my god! <laughs> yeah, I need to yeah. do something. And you're playing like um, fat oak sticks and breaking them like multiple times a show. Well, not anymore. I've, you Not since that. I got the bees. The bees are beef here. But okay. yeah. All right. But oh back to the 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 black uh Russian moth at one point in time. <laughs> I love It all comes back to that. It black all Russian yeah, it all comes back. Uh <laughs> so doesn't it? Yeah. Um so uh I love history and um i took i took a class on russian history and i said hey man oh, if you ever I, do i know where you're going with this and i'm going to interrupt you for one second <sighs> <laughs> because there's there's a thing that came before that what's Oop, that Oop, i'm what's sorry that? i just kicked our mic yeah um so we're, we're working on the percolator the the pig pile and and I, I like and we've got this band with all this loudness right and 
Uh-huh. And I've given up on trying to use my black Russian in this band because as loud as our freaking amps are, like the, the noise that comes out of the thing is just deafening when I don't want it to be. And so like, I've, so I, I've got to find a pedal to be like my main, like thick, heavy distortion in this band or fuzz distortion, you know? So like, I, I didn't even, it's like, whether it's more fuzzy or more distortion, it almost doesn't even matter for me. It has more to do with like how the low end rolls and rumbles. That makes right, sense. Right. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, and so like, so I was like, okay, well, if the, if the pig pile can't be it, that's fine. And I, at this point, I don't even know if we'd named it the pig pile yet. Um, I'll make up some other thing. So I, I, and I just kind of started messing around with JFETs at that point and like put a JFET booster in the front end of the, of the pig pile. And like, I was sort of getting, sort of getting comfortable with them. And I, and, and Carl had been, had been using uh, a fat boost Mm-hmm. Yeah, in in Booklegger at the time when he was playing guitar, and I and I like I dug into that circuit, and that circuit is and I, that was when I learned about JFET mu amps, and which is like the main thing in that pedal, and like how it's like two JFETs like pushing and pulling on on a single amplifier stage, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. I should do something with that. So I started messing around with like like JFET mu amps and like clipping after it and like asymmetrical clipping with like LEDs and stuff. And it took a couple of years of like trying a whole bunch of different things, but that pedal eventually became the eye of Ra. Yeah. Um, mm, I like that. One. That was my favorite one. I think was the eye. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Which also still does not do that thing that I needed it to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so like after, so like I spent, I don't know, maybe a, maybe six months trying to like force the pig pile to be that thing that I needed and it just couldn't do it. And then I started developing the raw and, I was, and eventually I was like, okay, this is really cool, but this still isn't quite it. And I ended up using like, you know, more newer and progressively newer and newer versions of the eye of raw as the main thing for that band for years. Yeah. Like even until like maybe a year ago, I was still using, you know, versions of the eye of raw um, as like the main heavy pedal in that band. Um, but I eventually just gave up and said, okay, it, there's something inherent in that like feedback clipper with a BJT that's in a muff that like, it's gotta be a muff based thing. So that, so then I was like, okay, we're going to have to do some sort of muff thing. I've got to like, cause I, I'd kind of been like really into the idea of doing like really weird, unique circuits and like not trying to do like, slight tweaks on existing things right like we we'd started with a harmonic percolator but we'd taken it to places that like it had never seen before and had made it super weird and super out there and all these kind of crazy options and i was like you know at this point there's a few years later we're starting to think like maybe we could like sell these things these are pretty cool yeah and i so i was kind of thinking like i don't want to be the guy who's doing slight tweaks on circuits like I'd rather be doing, you know, really out there things. And so like, even though I had loved muffs and muff like things for years, like I, I'd spent a whole bunch of time not making one. And, I, and, and after finally giving up on the raw, I was like, Meh. I mean, not giving up, but like giving up on it being that main heavy thing in Booklegger yeah. in our band. I, I was like, mm, I'm going to have to make a muff thing. And, and as he was, I didn't know that at the time that he was kind of having that idea. 
And uh, I had mentioned to him, as I said before, like a history nerd. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> if we do like a muff based thing, we should call it the Oprich Nikki. And he's like, what's that? And I sent him a link. Uh, and it's uh, Ivan the Terrible's um, like proto-religious uh <laughs> military like secret police sort of thing oh, who are also who are also so, monks yeah they're well kind of monks yeah they dressed like monks he would wake them up at like 3 30 in the morning <laughs> and he would hold a, a religious service and they and then they would go back to sleep they'd wake <clears throat> up another couple hours later eat uh and then uh, do terrible terrible things yeah, to anyone they were awful awful people suspected of uh treason and, and or you know anything so a lot of the, you know, was this people, like a a thing that people knew about or was it like a his like you said secret police it makes me think that it wasn't uh, common knowledge i mean i guess if you lived if, if you lived in his time period you knew about them yeah the 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 identities of the people were were secret yeah. so there's the thing i forget what they're called in, in tolkien's thing so like the big uh like the the skeleton and the, the, and the cloaks the nas yeah the nazgul, the nazgul? yeah they're based I, i'm pretty sure based off yeah, of that I've heard because that as well. the you know the they ride these big black horses they are these cloaks right um, so like the, the nazgul imagery is taken from the oprich nikki what they were trying to put forward when they were out in the world yeah uh, oh, so creepy. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that's you creepy know. to think about. So these dudes are just riding around in big black horses and cloaks and yep. murdering people or torturing. Yeah, people pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, both, both, both. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just, you know, um, and I was like, that's what, that's what we should name it. You know, it's, it's Russian. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's heavy, it's not a light topic. It's heavy. <laughs> Uh, and but first and foremost, it's Russian. <laughs> and I just, I just thought it was, yeah. You know, I've uh, actually, you know, what? I, even before college, I learned about that. I learned about them in high school. Yeah, somehow. and I learned this from Carl, but I pretty much immediately knew that's what we were calling that. And title. then he was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm working on the circuit already." Like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. And then he, you know, kind of, you know, tweaked it up, and we, you know, we spent some time tweaking that. And then, which, I mean, that's kind of our thing. Is, yeah. We, we spent a lot of time in development on, on circuits for the most yeah. part. And I, I think some of that was like, I had to, we had to learn what we were doing. Yeah. I mean, cause we're, you know, we're learning on the fly in a lot of ways, but it's been, it's been four or five years and we're a lot more confident with like trying to, trying to sort through, like if it's not sounding right, or if it's not doing something, you know, feet, like being able to dig in and I actually have a decent oscilloscope now. When we first started working, I, I had, I had a 1950s Tektronics tube oscilloscope, which I still have, and it still works. I like my dad is an organic chemistry professor, and it was like literally in his building in like a closet since the 50s because I have the calibration records. It hasn't been calibrated since like 1959, and so it's been oh like God, transferred man. from like multiple buildings in this at this at Lycoming College in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, where I grew up. Um, you know, it just got transferred from building to building to building as they like built new ones and tore down old ones. And then finally he was just like, do you want this? And I was like, yes. Uh, and it still works. It actually still works. I don't think it works particularly well. 
Um, or accurately, perhaps. Or accurately, yeah. I mean, it'll give cool. you like, it'll yeah, it's very cool. It'll make a picture on the screen of what your signal's doing, but you're not going to be able to take measurements on that. Um, but, you know, sometimes that's enough just to get the visual. It looks so cool, though. I mean, it's gigantic. It's 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 kind of like it, it's on a rolling rack. Fifties like. TVs, where like the thing's five <laughs> times larger than the screen is. You know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And then the dials on it. Yeah, I ha I hope it, I hope it never breaks because I don't know that I'm it. It it has my favorite knob label ever, which at some point I'm gonna figure out how to put it on a pedal. Yeah, it has an astigmatism knob. An astigmatism knob. Uh huh. Yeah, because apparently. When you're making a screen nice and clear, that is a similar process to whatever glasses need to do to fix your eyeballs when you have astigmatism. Are you serious? That's that's, I, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. It's got to be related to it because it has something to do with like focusing the the cathode ray beam onto the phosphor on the screen. So yeah, wow, it Good literally times. has this an thing astigmatism. Awesome. You, gotta, you gotta take a picture of that and post it up. I yeah, you know, I absolutely will. So we'll, yeah, we should definitely do that. It I wish there was a. So yeah, I bet cool. people. I wish people wish they had a dial where they could just turn down their astigmatism. Like, can I, just, I certainly do because I do have that. You know, oh, you want to got to figure out how to dial that out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. If only I had a knob on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> you got. You know what? That should be an internal knob because someone might just come along and try to mess with you. That's true. That's true. It's, yeah, so, you fall asleep at a party and you wake up and you can't see anything. Yeah, I'm blind. So, I'm blind. <laughs> oh wait, somebody messed with my astigmatism. Astigmatism, no. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, or it's got to be notched. You know, at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. An eight yeah, position yeah. rotary knob. Yeah. Yeah. Or you put the little sticker on my forehead next to where it's supposed to go, so I just know where to put it back. Yeah, sticker. <laughs> you got to get those little labels like they put on pedals. Like, oh yeah, we put it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. This is the optimum yeah. setting, of course. Yep. Yep. Good time. <laughs> So yeah, it's, at some point I'm going to have an astigmatism knob on a pedal. I just have to, but I, but also I'm like, I'm super, I'm super into having like, I like, I always want to put a million controls on the pedals and I always want to like control weird things that don't have normal names, but I also kind of like, I want the layout to make sense in terms of how the pedal functions and I want mm -hmm. it to sort of, you know. I want people to be able to understand how to use it, even if they don't know what the word means right away. As they start turning the knob, it's going to make some kind of sense, right? Yeah. And so it's like it, it, the control is at least self-teaching, if not totally intuitive. Yeah. Um, That's and, and so I don't know what that means if I'm going to label a knob astigmatism. I might have to just abandon that. Well, no, no, no. I think we, no. Could, <laughs> we could work it into a thing because I, we're... Uh, very thematic with uh our stuff yeah i, so, I don't know if you uh, haven't picked this up our names are have often often have like multiple levels of nerdiness behind yeah them. the the germ warfare is a germanium based and the red sickness and if you look at the petals like it's spelled like a uh capital g lowercase e capital s capital I, or lowercase i for the sickness so it's like the germ the germanium version and the silicon version of the same circuit Right, and that you know it's spelled like it would be on a. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm trying to remember what's that chart. <laughs> it's, the periodic uh, table. Periodic of table of elements. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's My been, dad's an uh, organic chemistry chemist, Carl. I better get that right. Yeah. yeah. 
I can just see him listening. Like, come on, Matt. (laughs) Yeah, gonna get grounded, and he's gonna tell him he can't hang out with me anymore. And he's like a smart dude. He just made a blockchain joke to me. (laughs) (laughs) Like this dude's, you know, he's getting close to retirement. He's making blockchain jokes. Yeah, yeah, your dad's a a, a pretty. He's a polymath. A pretty hip dude. I mean, he he came. you know, he's he's been to a few shows with us. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's yeah, I took that. my dad to see Sleep a couple years yeah, ago. That was oh, are fun. you serious? How was yeah. that? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, well, he was he already liked Windhand a bit, and so oh, okay. like Windhand was opening for Sleep, uh, and you know, so I talked him into it. Yeah, yeah, was it was a... good. It was good. He can't quite do Neurosis though. We'll get it's a little too far. Yeah, it's a little. There's just it's too abrasive, and he's still he's still like. He still can't quite do screamed vocals most of the time. Yeah. Like like Matt Pike's tonal growl is about as close as he can get, I think. Yeah, that's understandable. <clears throat> yeah. It's pretty motorheady, his his sort of like Yeah, yeah. You know, He's still like, kinda singing. Yeah. His throat just doesn't work right. <laughs> or maybe it works perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but, I enjoy it. I, I think it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Right from a uh a uh, professional singer standpoint, I guess. It's a uh, um. It's my, it. my, like my wife likes to call True. some of her favorite vocalists uh, perfectly imperfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's that's where that's where I live for the so most many, part. So many good ones for that, though. You know, yeah. I mean, Tom, Tom Waits. Waits. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Waits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, me and Matt uh, <laughs> are are similar in so so many ways. Yeah, we have yeah. can. We both have the same congenitally missing teeth. That's true. What? <laughs> what? Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. You sure so that you're not separated at birth. You know that for um, a fact. Pretty sure. Maybe I, yeah. somewhere back I was along say, the lines. If you're asking related. me if I'm 100% sure, I cannot be 100% sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it seems really unlikely based on everything yeah. I know. But I mean, I don't know. So it's yeah. starting weird. to sound suspicious. Matt's yeah. dad, what's the answer here? <laughs> we could talk I, to him. Are your parents know. congenitally missing teeth as well? Uh, I believe that my dad is. Okay, and both of mine are. maybe not. My, so we can't, I don't I think know, we can track it through the teeth anyway. Yeah, I know that my grandfather had the same okay. missing teeth so, as well. So yeah. I, It wasn't your front teeth. Which teeth with it? I guess I don't know my well, teeth. It's not, the, it's not the two front teeth. It's the ones adjacent to it. The... Uh, the, the eye, eye teeth? teeth? Yeah, yeah, I believe it's the eye teeth. Oh, the yeah. vampire teeth. Yes. Yes. No, wait, those are the canines, right? Oh, those well, are canines. they usually yeah. put them in that position, I feel like. Oh, no, no, no. No, they are the, yeah. Carl, so, Carl's learning medical things, so he knows more about the stuff than I do. Apparently. Yeah, but uh, not the teeth. I'm not okay. doing so much. Of the, I'm, I'll, I'll probably learn them at some point. I'm going to school to be an x-ray technician, so. Um, I see. Every, every part of your bone and body and all the parts of the bones all the tuberosities and spine yeah. processes we're we're actually recording this next to uh bonesy oh yeah i have bonesy. a uh, life-size anatomical skeleton um <laughs> in my house and because... it's it's next to the table that we're we have the computer and the mic set up on yeah um he's pretty I cool see. Uh, and uh, pretty accurate <laughs> as far as everything goes. I haven't found any parts that don't seem right uh, as far as uh, missing like a 
a particular part of it. Well, he has all the bones. I just, I don't know if he's missing a specific thing on the bones yet. I, I, I don't think so, though. Seems pretty solid. Looks like he certainly isn't man. much of a conversationalist, Bonesy isn't. Uh, no. No, he's he, a strong I, silent type. Uh, yeah, I talked to him. He, uh, yeah. He's a good listener. He's a great listener. <laughs> I heard, you know, Sometimes I was home alone one time. Feedback, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, I heard a weird noise and it was, um, what's that, Bonesy? <laughs> my, my roommate was gone for the week. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time oh, talking yeah. to Bonesy. Yeah. And, and what it you was. You were getting a little weird during that time. Well, no. Well, things were a little weird because so <laughs> my my oven this the the control top's been weird and I don't do a lot of baking I I cook more and so it wasn't a big deal for me and it been half it been oh know, yeah so this is a the, few months the haunted oven story and so my oven, oven story yeah my oven became sentient um, and turned itself on uh, so I, there was like this weird noise and I couldn't quite place it. And like, I went into the kitchen, I'm like, it's coming from here or whatever, but I couldn't see anything. And then I looked over like 20 <laughs> minutes later and the, and the oven light was on and I, you know, I opened it up and I, I felt that the oven, it wasn't super hot, but it, it had been on. So I, yeah, I had to disconnect the, um, the, the control panel from it so that I could still use the stove top and, and not use the, uh, the oven. But that I'm was a weird thing. Didn't come to life and try to attack you. I uh, I was worried for a moment because you know turning itself on, having that control is you know a little bit. I feel like All they right, would just. Good. I feel like they would just take over and just kill us. Like that would be the first thing they would do. I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, because we really uh, we abuse our appliances. We do. Yeah. We're not that's, nice to them. We don't really put them on a good maintenance schedule like we say we're going to when we take them home yeah. from Sears. You know what I mean? Like it's that's true. It's a whole that's thing. True. And What's and this that? is a rental, so like it's a rent. You know the the stove came with the the house that you're renting. Yeah, but Joe's so a like, nice guy. So you're he, like you're like the stove like foster parents. Like stove's like you're not my real dad. I don't have to listen to you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying. I don't know how long he lived here, but uh, in in my the the previous tenant was was Joe Jack Talcum from the Dead Milkman. Oh. Um, interesting yeah, he, he lived in this place before i did yeah um, and actually and my uncle uh when he lived in philly years ago lived with two or three members of the dead milkman i don't recall him yeah name. um and he said it was like the most roach infested place that he'd ever seen oh he was wonderful. with the dead milkman in the 80s yeah, well, um but this place is very nice so it is it's so great they, they've I moved up it. in the world uh it's true yeah yeah well, guys, um, we've cracked a little over the hour mark, and I still haven't, I still haven't gotten to the the question. Oh man, <laughs> you can edit deal. for content. It's okay. This, wow. Oh no, we don't. Ed- we we do minimal editing on this. Oh, one. that's fine. It's, I try to avoid it if, if at all possible. Yeah, I and I think edit. edited for content means something else, Carl. Oh um, yeah. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but there's a there's a thing that was, was it edited for content and clarity and or in runtime. I think and runtime. There yeah, yeah. runtime. TV version of the movie. Exactly. TV. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It's a TV version of movies. <laughs> it's a TV version of the podcast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So when we get this but, on TV, but we got We have a really important question that that we got to talk about though. Before. Okay. We, okay yeah. Before. So. Um, uh. First of all, before we get to that, though, okay, tell, this is your time to put up a billboard. Where can everybody find you? Where should they get in touch with you? 
Oh, um, etc. The the best is probably on uh, Instagram, and that's um, electrofoods.pedals uh, on there. Yeah, that's that's probably the easiest. We're also on um, Reverb. We're also on Reverb. We're, we do have a a Facebook page and a YouTube account, although yeah, those have significantly less engagement and less stuff on them. We kind of forget they exist sometimes. Yeah, the YouTube's coming. It's really mostly Instagram. Yeah, um, Instagram uh, and website yeah, and, and maybe we, the website's coming. It's not a, it's not up yet. It's being uh, worked on. Yeah, hopefully very soon. That will yeah. be electrofoods dot space. Yep. Um, space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it was way more fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we it's we also have electrofoodspedals.com, but it will just redirect it to electrofoods.space because that's so much more cool. It yeah. is more cool. It's the yeah. it's the final frontier, I hear. Exactly. Yeah. And so you can also email us at info at electrofoods.space. Yeah. It's true. I sent them one. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It works. Yeah. It, it worked. Well, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So final question, guys. And I think you already know this is coming, but, you know, I, I do. I, I, I got to know and everyone needs to know. And this has made or made it, or let's see. It can make or break your company. It really can. I feel uh, I, you know, I'm just saying. So just I, choose your words carefully. I will. I will. I'll do my best. All right. Matt and Carl. Okay. What kind of pizza do you like? Uh, I'm gonna say just a, a a cheese pizza is uh it's my my preferred pizza, cheese pizza. Cheese pizza, like uh, what are just, we talking? Like not, Chicago not, style, upside down. Oh, if you want to talk about, just, I, I mean the whole thing. We really got an upside down pie. Yeah, go yeah. into the details, Carl. Come well, on. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, the upside down pie is probably my favorite do you know what that is because that may be a philly thing it, it i don't be. know what that is so it's uh it's provolone cheese um and it's a thinnish crust it's not quite new york style it's definitely not chicago um but thinnish crust yeah and then a spicy zesty kind of tomato sauce on top and yeah, so the cheese is underneath the sauce. The sauce that's, is on top. That's the upside down part. And so oh. the sauce gets caramelized in the oven in a way that it normally doesn't. And it hmm. is. I'm and it's, and it's provolone instead of mozzarella, typically. Yes. Which is <laughs> also. That's a Philly thing? I, I, I haven't seen it elsewhere. I, I don't I, know I saw that it, it when I, I moved here. Yeah. I, I only found out about it because Carl was eating it. Yeah. And I, as far as I can tell, it's only on menus in Philly or in Philly you know, greater Philly area. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not a thing I've seen over here yeah. or anywhere else for that matter. And I've not yet been to Philadelphia, but that is, you know, a personal it's fault of my own. So it's, all right. it's a good town. I, I uh, disliked where I grew up in, uh, Williamsport so much that I didn't apply to college inside Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. <laughs> like I abandoned the whole state. <laughs> I didn't go far. I went to university of Delaware, which is like literally five minutes from the border, but uh, and but then I realized that like, hey, the whole state doesn't suck as much as Williamsport. Philly's pretty cool, and you know, eventually I ended up in Philly. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So how about you? What do you what What do you like for the pizza? So I am cheese pizza with green peppers and onions. Not half bad. I'm down with yeah. that. We're both we're both vegetarian, so yeah, we're uh, 
I, I, I was pretty much into all of that plus sausage back in the day. And if mm -hmm. you can find place a place with decent vegan or vegetarian sausage, I will throw that on there as well. Um, but it's not really required. I've grown to appreciate just the cheese pizza with, with peppers and onions without the sausage over the years. Yeah. Especially if it's done well and like the, the onions like basically like get sauteed in the, the cheese grease. Mm -hmm. while it's in the oven and you know the pepper's kind of the same thing like slightly they, caramelized yeah it is uh, good. it's pretty freaking good that's my parents favorite is it really yeah huh. yeah all these years you've been hiding that from me well next time john <laughs> and ricky come down we'll have pizza together <laughs> and i'll like a plan i'll tell them hey this yeah. is you know this is nice. <laughs> you guys can bond together like over exactly. the love yeah. yeah, you know, I've eaten... And then we can go to a sleep show. Uh, that won't happen with my parents, <laughs> you know. But I have had pizza with Chris. I've had yeah. pizza with your dad. That's true. Maybe Probably one of these days I can have pizza, pizza with your Probably. dad. Yeah. Let's set it up. Let's do it. We can make it happen. It'd be fun. It'd be book, fun. Book, book a flight. Yeah. yeah, next time you're in Philly. I mean, he, he's a four-hour drive away. It's not too bad. Like, hey, this guy from the internet wants to eat a pizza with you. <laughs> yeah, he'd, pro he'd probably be like, all right, as long as I'm free. It <laughs> <laughs> does sound like what he would say. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Well, let me wrap this one up and uh, then maybe we can, uh, maybe I can arm bar you guys into a, a little bit for Patreon. What do you say? Oh, yeah, yeah. that sounds yeah, we're fine. Into it. We're into it. We're great. That sounds great to us. We don't have right. any uh, constraints at the moment. All right, we'll talk Philly cheesesteaks when we get in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, everybody. For Matt and Carl, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, there we go. That one is in the can. I'm told in the can is a term they say in Hollywood. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I've never been on a Hollywood movie set, but that's what I hear. So this one's in the can. There you go. And if you liked what you heard, we've got about a whole nother hour with Matt and Carl from Electra Foods on the Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash tonemob, you can hear extended interviews with guests. You can hear uh, me and my good friend Justin Porter horsing around in the shred shed and talking about all kinds of gear-related nonsense. You can hear uh, who knows what. There's different levels. There's different levels of things that uh, get you access to different parts, and every little bit of it helps support the show. I cannot tell you how much that means to me, that there are people willing to do that, and if you are one of those, check out Patreon and see if any of it works for you. I really, really appreciate it. But even if you can't, if, if you could just share this episode with one person, if you think that that somebody would really enjoy some of this uh, internet rambling nonsense, some of this uh, whatever this is. I'm still trying to figure it out. It is a guitar show, but as you know, sometimes it's not. So uh, it means the world to me that you're listening, and if you could find some other people that would be interested in as well, share it in your favorite Facebook group. Share it with your friends, family, anybody you think might be into it. I would so so appreciate it and it really helps more than you could possibly know so until next time i hope you have the absolute best week ever i mean it best week ever see you folks bye
One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.